0: Hey everybody, what's up? It's your girl Bondi Blue, and I am back for another Bondi Blue show. This Bondi Blue show is going to be uh for my podcast, and it's going to be the more sensitive topics that YouTube will not monetize. So here we are. I'm not going to wait or give you any more intro. Let's go ahead and get into the topics. So let's start with Essence Magazine. So, there are a group of black women, anonymous, who work or have worked for Essence and they wrote an essay called The Truth About Essence, okay, it went viral last weekend. And since then, things have kind of gone back and forth. At first they said the CEO would not step down and then they decided yes, Richelieu Dennis will step down and be replaced as the CEO of Essence magazine. You might also remember him as the scarf-wearing owner of Shea Moisture. The acquisition made Essence Communications 100% black-owned again. However, according to the blog post, that did not stop a pervasive culture of toxicity and harassment. The truth about Essence was written by a group of anonymous women who state that they are either current or past employees of the magazine. They wrote the post out of frustration and as a demand for change. The scathing allegations reverberated throughout the black media world and Essence Communications quickly released a statement. Essence Communications released a statement on Monday denouncing the allegations as baseless. However, on Tuesday, they released another statement that Dennis will be stepping down as CEO and that they have committed to an independent review of their business practices. Out of an abundance of caution and an unwavering commitment to transparency, Essence is in the process of hiring new firms and other independent external experts to assess and review the company's policies, practices, and conduct comp- comprehensive employee interviews the statement reads it is of critical importance to us that there is no doubt of question about who we are and what we represent and in what we believe in Caroline Wanga will be stepping in as interim CEO Wanga I'm saying it wrong Shirley, but whatever, was hired by Essence on June 2nd to be the company's chief growth officer. She was previously the chief diversity and inclusion officer and vice president of human resources at the Target Corporation. Okay, so let me just say this. I read the essay that the anonymous women wrote and they called out specific people, including Dennis and some other female people of whom he hired. Okay, there was some white lady that was hired and then she hired another white lady instead of promoting from all of the black women that were working there. So it's, you know, that type of issue going on. Also, Dennis's wife was head of H.R., which is an issue. And apparently he is someone, you know, who sleeps around and when he is rebuffed it, you know, doesn't go well. He tends to sexually harass. The scarf just gave me negative vibes okay but i can remember another youtuber uh my girl keisha okay Keisha's now more on Instagram than she is on YouTube but she used to be a natural hair uh YouTube guru uh Chic118 and you know I met her in New York she was really cool and I can always remember her saying that she did not like the vibe that Dennis gave her she was one of the first people that I ever heard say that when a lot of people were singing his praises about you know having Shea Moisture be black owned and then buying essence and making it completely 100% black owned and then we see that that doesn't make a difference in toxicity in the workplace as someone who has work in, you know, um, corporate America amongst Caucasian people, I can say that it is extremely difficult to um, be who you are and work in an environment like that. And then they ask of you creativity and make you work in a place where creativity cannot necessarily dwell. Okay. So, the things that I was reading in the article, and you guys should definitely check it out, but the things that I was reading in the article, um, a lot of it made me think about the things that um, I had went through when I worked at you know, a local news station. One of the things being that the secretary to the GM was our conduit to a HR. There wasn't an HR person in the building, but the person who was the conduit was the secretary of the general manager. So there are times when things are, you know, brought to her and then it's brought back to the managers and then they call you in and want to have a conversation with you as if you didn't talk to HR about what your issue was, you know. So that happened often and I'm sure it's still happening, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, I, I just I have seen how these things work and how you can feel how you can feel like you hate your job, no matter how much you love what you're actually doing. And it is not a good place to be in when you hate doing something that you love because of the people that you have to work with. You know, Another thing that I've experienced, I haven't experienced it myself, but I'm saying I've seen it personally, um, of how people treat women when they come back from maternity leave especially black women when they come back from maternity leave they're expected to you know not take as many sick days as they necessarily have to especially some of them being single mothers I've watched a friend of mine struggle and be punished on the back end for having to take off after she had her baby because you know she was a single mother at one point and if her baby was sick then she was sick You know, and that was inconvenient for them, not as much as it would have been inconvenient for her to try to find somebody else to take care of her sick baby while she goes to work. You know what I mean? So I've seen that myself and to hear that that was the environment at Essence magazine, which is supposed to be about black women. How can you have a magazine about black women and not have um, an environment for black women to dwell and feel safe in doing what a lot of black women do, which is have children like it. It's such a slap in the face to the people who love the magazine and care about the magazine and appreciate the aesthetic that it added to our lives growing up in a world where there are not a lot of beautiful depictions of black people everywhere. And you had Essence and you had Ebony and you had Jet and you had these spaces for us. And to find out the work environment has not upheld the imagery. It is extremely disappointing and I'm glad that they're going to review things instead of following their first mind and ignoring and denying something that is obviously happening because I mean those women came through with the actual facts. She was the truth about Dennis, the truth about this person, the truth about that person. I mean I read it when I was at work. Very captivating. You guys should check it out. Alright y'all let's talk about Terry Crews singing it ass. I'm so tired of talking about Terry Crews. Let me tell you why I'm tired of talking about Terry Crews, okay? Because I feel like at this point, you're saying ignorant things. You're saying things to make white people think that you're on their side because you're echoing their irrational fear of black people uprising and doing to them what they have been doing to us for centuries. And I think when we see a black man an identifiably black man such as terry cruz <laughs> just be so belligerent in you know the way he posts things and the things that he says and it seems as if he is really acting out aggression towards the black community with the way he continues to tweet This narrative that there is even a possibility that black people can do the same thing to to white people in recent times. There is no possible way that we would be able to systematically oppress white people all over the world in the same way that Africans and dark skinned people of every nation are treated and devalued and disenfranchised all over the world. There is no way we could do that to them the way they have done that to us and and, and everyone. Like you see so many depictions of white Asians, white Indians, um, you know, lighter complected Iranian Afghani people or the white people that live in Brazil. Like they don't tell you that 80% of the population is of African descent, making them what? Okay, black. But the world does not teach you that. They teach you that everybody is white except for you, and <laughs> in the community that you represent, and and then they teach you that you're different from African people, which is not true. Um, I feel like we have all been experiencing the same thing across the board with the you know colonialization, colon colonization. <laughs> Let me say it right for y'all: colonization of everyone. You know so. It's extremely bothersome to see Terry Crews keep saying the same thing over and over again in all of these different ways. At first, it was the black supremacy comment. Now it's, we must ensure Black Lives Matter doesn't morph into black lives better. What exactly the fuck does that mean, Terry Crews? Black Lives Better? What the fuck does that mean? Please explain to me in what universe and in, in what reality are you living in in which Black Lives Better would mean that we go around hanging white people from trees. We go around skewing their understanding of their own history of who they are, raping them, imprisoning them, put them in cages, strip them of whatever culture they may think they have let's see if we can actually accomplish that I doubt it I doubt it (laughs) and I don't want to do that either like I think that the nature of most black people I mean the thing that everybody is asking for is to matter and to be equal and to be treated in the same manner to not be held back from living a fulfilling life because we're black You know, and everybody's talking about police brutality, but it happens in so many different ways and so many different spaces at jobs, at hospitals, okay, at the fire department. Okay, not to say that they don't save people because they're black, but no, the environment inside their firehouses isn't exactly always inclusive or diverse, no matter where you are, even in New Orleans. Okay, so I just feel that Terry Crews is sadly mistaken, is in some way having self-hate issues. And he needs to work that out in therapy and not on social media, continuing to spew this ignorant fear mongering as a representative of of white people who feel that way, because not all white people feel that way. But I want white people to also understand that if it doesn't apply to you, then move on. If it doesn't apply to you, then don't get upset. If it doesn't apply to you, then you should feel the same way that I feel. And if you are upset and bothered by the things that black people say when we speak truth to power about how racial injustice affects us on a micro level, then you just don't wanna understand and you're not meant to understand me and that is fine because that is not what this podcast is going to ever be about. And I just wanna be clear that there will be no Terry Crews in it going on over here. Okay, so a part of this, will also be talking about topics that have absolutely nothing to do with anyone of celebrity, <laughs> okay? Let's talk about the woman who pulled a gun on a black woman and how she was charged with felony assault as well as her husband who almost hit the lady with his car. Okay? Because there's um, a lot of people, a lot of black people arguing in the comments on social media with me and with other people about how this black woman was being extra and doing too much and trying to gaslight this white couple into an altercation. And therefore, this white lady pulling a gun on them is okay. Is that what we're saying? Okay, let's go ahead and read. This is from B. Scott, the woman who pulled a gun on a black woman and her daughter in a parking lot, as well as the man driving the vehicle, are both being charged with felonious assault, a four year felony. Oakland County Prosecutor Jessica Cooper announced Jillian Westenberg, 32, and Eric Westenberg, 42, have been charged in the incident. According to Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard, the argument is believed to have started after two people bumped into each other while one was walking out of a Chipotle. Apparently what had happened, there was one common theme, both stories, the three headed inside Chipotle and one woman headed out with her food. There was a bump as they entered and exited. Someone felt they needed an apology and it escalated from there. He said it was unclear who the aggressors were. The video shows explicit language being shouted at both parties as the white woman shuffles to the side of her car before backing up behind it. As she's backing up, she tells the people, Don't you fucking jump behind my car. The woman holding the camera continues shouting at the person filming before getting back in the passenger seat of the car and leaves. This ignorant woman bumped into a 15 year old, and you're on camera and you're feeling threatened said the person holding the second camera. The woman responds, you're blocking me from getting into my car. At this point, a man wearing a purple shirt who is sitting in the driver's seat of the car walks toward the scene, opens the passenger door, and the woman gets in. After getting into her car, both parties continue to argue with accusations of racism being verbalized. You're very racist and ignorant, shouts the person filming. This is not that type of world. White people aren't racist. No one's racist. I care about you. I care about you and I'm sorry if you had an incident that has made someone make you feel like that said the woman from the car no one is racist that right there said a lot to me like no one's racist where do you live in which in what world do you live where this is what you think is happening there's no racism white people aren't racist someone had a small you know like incident where she now feels like this against all white people. Oh my God. Oh my God, that should let you know right there that there is already an attitude towards people of color off rip. I can't tell you guys how many times Uh, A white person has bumped into me, reached over me, you know, uh, uh, was too close. You know, they don't want to say excuse me. They never say excuse me. Um, That happens often. And when you are like, excuse you or excuse me, like what the hell? Get out of my personal space. Why are you bumping into me and not saying sorry? Black people in this country come from a time when we couldn't even look white people in the eye as we're walking down the street. There is a continued energy of we don't belong where we are. So if I bump into you, you should just keep walking. So I don't have to say I'm sorry. I don't have to apologize for coming into your personal space like a regular human being because you're black. I don't have to do that. Now, that is not to say that that's what this woman felt, but I feel like that's what this woman felt. And I also feel like the mother In this situation was upset because she wasn't there and someone bumped into her child and didn't say excuse me And also from what I understand it wasn't just a daughter and a mother I believe there was a son there who was holding the door open for the lady You know and she didn't even say thank you and then she bumps into the daughter and doesn't say excuse me The woman felt like her children were being courteous and you're being rude And it's probably because you're racist and we've all had it up to here. I really do feel like that was probably the energy that this woman had. And I feel like it is so unfair for other black people to sit online and persecute her for being defensive of something that we are constantly dealing with all the time. You cannot get mad at someone for being nervous or scared that this is the response white people will give them when they see it all the time. It happens to them at their jobs and in these small spaces, and you let shit go over and over and over again. And now everybody's in a place where they're tired of letting it go. And if you want this energy, I'm going to give you this energy. And let's be very clear. That white woman spoke volumes with the things that she was saying. She never apologized for bumping into anyone, okay? She apologized that someone made that little girl feel as if people were racist, okay? like and and another thing is this whole thing that she was keeping her from getting in her car was she really though because you still got in your car didn't you so i continue on as one of the women walks behind the vehicle which she was not walking behind the vehicle she was walking to her car and the vehicle was pulling out and was turning as she was walking okay so i i I, i'm not going with this that this lady was walking behind that car because that's not that's not what what would I recall, okay? It starts backing up prompting her to shout, "You going to fucking hit me?" and slaps the vehicle multiple times. The vehicle stops and that's when the woman exits readying her firearm get the fuck away from me shouts the white woman as she exits the vehicle at this point the original video shared on Twitter starts the person who's posted the original video said it was her nieces and her mom who were involved at the scene she later commented saying the police had been called and arrested her later taking away her gun Bouchard said both suspects were holding loaded guns and both had legal concealed pistol licenses we're glad she's going to jail but we're super glad they managed to get the enabling husband too. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad she got arrested. I'm sure it'll just be a slap on the wrist. But I felt like she probably was being disrespectful and then was doing that calm tone situation. She knows someone is filming her. She's acting accordingly. We don't know what was really going on before the camera started to roll, okay? And seeing as though, I feel like I have been in these situations before. Um, I'm just going to have a little bit more um, grace for this mother and, you know, a little less patience for people who feel like verbal altercations should result in someone brandishing a gun. Like, why do you get to point a gun at me and threaten my life over an argument in a parking lot? And even if she did hit the car, she hit the car with her hand, not with a gun. So when this woman got out of the car with her gun, I felt like she was trying to make a statement okay and I do feel like that husband of hers was pretending as if he was going to hit that lady with the car like backed up because you can hear they didn't say it in the article but you can hear the girl saying to her hey mama watch out she was like my watch out because they were about to hit her and the lady wasn't even looking at the car she was looking straight ahead and walking towards her car and when they were backing out she was like hey watch out and she was like, hey, what the fuck y'all gonna hit me? And she hit the car like anybody else would have. And then this lady jumps out of the car with a gun. And then her husband proceeds to jump out of the car with a gun as well. And I'm supposed to, what, feel like that was a reasonable response? No. And do I feel like that would have been the same type of situation had it been a white child she had bumped into? No, she would pro- have. oh, I'm so sorry. And it would have been over with. But because this was somebody's black child, you didn't feel like they deserved a, a proper response i'm sorry or anything when you bumped into them and yes okay there at some point it did feel like the the black lady could have just let it go and and let them you know go ahead and get away and not have to keep arguing and keep trying to call her racist okay fine that that you are absolutely right i might not have handled it in that way but it is absolutely fine if they want to require the same respect they would give someone else okay and I'm just saying, y'all, yo, you know, because we, we act like as black people, we can't ever, you know, not accept bullshit from people. Like, I don't have to accept your apology if I don't think it's genuine. I don't have to um, accept your bullshit pandering either. OK, I don't I don't have to accept that. I can require more of you. Since I'm always the one being required the most of as a black woman. You're required to go through everything and say nothing. And that's not how any of this works. So they got arrested. Good for them. All right, y'all, let's move on to Vanessa Gullen. I know I'm probably going to be pronouncing her name wrong, but y'all know how we do this. Okay, y'all, I had no idea about this story. Um, I just recently started to see posts about it. And I was like, okay, when did somebody go missing? Like, I didn't know anybody had gone missing. Um, But, you know, they don't put a lot of these stories on the news. They're going on, and the public has no idea about them. Well, now we do. So let me go ahead and read to y'all what the New York Times says about Vanessa Gullen. A lawyer for the family of PFC Vanessa Gullen said on Wednesday that her remains had most likely been found and that a suspect in her disappearance had killed himself. A woman has been taken into custody in connection with the disappearance of a Fort Hood soldier who has been missing since April. The Army said on Wednesday, a second suspect identified only as a soldier took his own life in Killian, Texas on Tuesday, the Army said. The missing soldier, PFC Vanessa Gullen, 20, was last seen at Fort Hood on April 22nd, according to the Army Criminal Investigation Command. The name of the deceased suspect, whom the Army described as a junior soldier, was not released on Wednesday pending the notification of his family. Chief Charles F. Kimball of the Killing Police Department said at a news conference on Wednesday that the soldier shot himself as officers approached him on Tuesday. The Army described the woman who was arrested as the estranged wife of a former Fort Hood soldier. She was in custody in the Bell County Jail awaiting the filing of charges. Her name was not immediately released. The arrest and the suicide were announced as the Texas Rangers and Army CID and other agencies continued to process the scene near the Leon River in Bell County, Texas, where partial human remains were found on Tuesday. The Armed Forces Medical Examiner Service is assisting the Southwest Institute of Forensic Science in Dallas with dental x-rays and DNA analysis. As they awaited the identification of the remains, Private Gullion's family members gathered with their lawyer, Natalie quawam in Washington to demand a congressional investigation into her disappearance. As you know, it is not confirmed yet whether it is my sister or not. Myra Gillian, one of Private Gillian's sisters, said at a news conference in front of the United States Navy Memorial. Private Gillian was last seen wearing a black T-shirt and purple fitness type pants in the parking lot of the Regimental Engineer Squadron headquarters at Fort Hood between 1130 a.m. and 1230 p.m. on April 22nd. Her car keys, barracks room key, identification, and wallet were found in the armory room where she had been at work repairing small arms and artillery. Since she disappeared, more than 500 soldiers have searched for private gillen in buildings, barracks, fields, training areas, lakes, and trails at Fort Hood, according to base officials. We have made significant progress in this tragic situation and are doing everything possible to get to the truth and bring answers to the family of PFC Vanessa Gillen, an Army CID said in a statement on Wednesday. Ms. Quawam, I hope I'm saying that right, the lawyer for Private Gillen's family, said in Washington on Wednesday that her disappearance and presumed death should never have happened, and we will never know what happened, ever, until we get a congressional investigation, she said. Ms. Kawam also called for legislation in Private Gillan's name for better protocols, such as allowing members of the military to report sexual harassment and assault through a third party, rather than having to do so through the chain of command. We need legislation so this never happens again, she said. Officials at Fort Hood say last month that they had appointed an investigating team to look into allegations from Private Gillan's family that she had been sexually harassed before she disappeared. Officials have not disclosed details of those allegations. So we don't know if the soldier who killed himself, who we believe killed her, we don't know if he is the one who actually sexually harassed her. There's a lot of, you know, questions. Why was another soldier's wife involved in this? You know, like to me, it seems as if, I don't know, it sounds like somebody else might be pulling the strings in all honesty. Like if I was looking at this full picture, to me, it looks like certain people were enlisted to make this girl disappear for whatever reason. But it definitely doesn't sound as simple as whoever the person who killed themselves is. They were in cahoots with this one woman and they did this and then that's that. I just don't believe that. But I also feel like this is not the first time something like this has happened. There's a whole movie about it called The General's Daughter that came out in the 90s. And that's what I think of when I read this story. And I'm sure that there have been a lot of women who this has happened to or who have similar stories who may not have been killed, but whose careers have been ruined. Um, They may have been assaulted in retaliation for telling about an initial assault there are so many things and I feel like there aren't a lot of protections of women in these places because men still feel like these spaces are for them so if women are going to be there they're going to have to go along and get along and I feel like this is the perfect time to be asking for reform in these areas especially if we're going to continue the system the way it is but yeah I thought you guys might want to know the backstory because I know we've seen A lot of posts on social media asking for, you know, them to find out what happened to this young woman, just as they've been asking for the arrest of Breonna Taylor's, um, you know, murderers. And we're still asking for that. It's been months now and everybody is still asking, when is somebody going to arrest the officers that shot up this woman's home while she slept in her bed? When? We're, we're, We're still thinking about it. I hope they know that. I wonder if the district attorney is is done getting married yet. Is he still on his honeymoon? Is he even allowed to travel? Like what's happening right now with the district attorney? Speaking of that, shout out to Beyonce's mom, Tina. She has two stories (laughs) in my Bondi Blue show today. Okay, and this story is about her calling out Kentucky Attorney General and saying, you know, he's coonery at its finest. Okay, now I originally heard of Beyonce sending a letter to this man. I thought he was an older white man. I'm not even going to lie to you. But he is a 34, only two years older than me. 34 year old black man is responsible for an ongoing fight to have officers responsible for Breonna Taylor's death. So this is what Miss Tina Knowles had to say. I was shocked to learn that the attorney general for Kentucky is a 34-year-old black man. We are ashamed of you, brother. Coonery at its finest. And then she posted pictures of the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron at an engagement party to a white woman at which there are no masks and seemingly no black people at the engagement party at all. He seems to be the only black person there. At first, it seemed as if Tina had posted, you know, his engagement party details and, you know, also called him a coon. But she took that down <laughs> and, you know, put it in a different way. I'm sure Beyonce was like, Mama, you're doing too much. So she says, I was shocked to learn that the attorney general for Kentucky is a 34 year old black man. When Brianna Taylor's mother, Tamika, asked to speak with him, he had someone else call her. I told y'all that Beyonce wrote him personally and that he responded that he was not going to react to celebrities telling him how to do his job. So yeah, there's that. But now we understand. We understand why we haven't gotten the justice. And that's because he's too busy marrying some white girl (laughs) and not wearing a mask. Got it, full picture. Miss Tina shows up a second time in my Bondi Blue show. For defending Beyonce, a lot of people have said that Beyonce has been appropriating African culture with her upcoming Blackest King film, documentary, visual album, whatever it is that's coming out July 31st on Disney Plus, okay? Now, I feel like what some Africans might be saying is that she has taken from a lot of different African cultures and put it all together and called it African, like a lot of white people have taught us black folks to do. Okay, if you are African-American, mostly your lens of Africa has been through white people's, you know, um, lens of Africa, so to speak, because they tell you not to go there, but they're vacationing there on the Ivory Coast all the time. But Tina Knowles says that Beyonce is not your enemy because people you know, love to keep saying this about her. I feel like she is trying to give you a taste of what you may not know. She's trying to be proud of her African culture and heritage that she comes from because a lot of us African-Americans have been raped of such. Y'all, I just want to say, y'all, I gotta wait. It's gonna be like another probably uh, six to seven weeks before I get my results but I did Ancestry so I can't wait to find out you know what my percentages are I was so excited of course I'm going to share it on my channel um but I'm excited because I really want to know what parts of Africa my family are from because we've tried to trace it back before before they started doing DNA and Ancestry would just put your name and birth dates in and find stuff for you I did it back then and We can only go back to like, you know, 1900s, but nothing really before then so i'm excited i really am but this is what the jasmine brand is saying so tina lawson is shutting down claims that her daughter beyonce is appropriating african culture miss tina took to her instagram on july 3rd to hit back at critics who claim that beyonce is using her upcoming project black is king to appropriate african culture the film project is described as the story of a young king's transcendent journey through betrayal love and self-identity his ancestors helped guide him towards his destiny and with his father's teachings and guidance from his childhood love he earns the virtues needed to reclaim his home and throne it sounds like the lion king but with a person *Black Is king is an affirmation of a grand purpose with lush visuals that celebrate black resilience and culture the film highlights the beauty of tradition and black excellence however Some critics have taken to social media to claim that the use of African garb and the imagery of African royalty is cultural appropriation. Tina Lawson caught wind of the criticism and quickly responded to the claims. She posted a tweet she saw that said, The annoying thing about the capitalist argument with Beyonce is Lemonade, her black album, is one of her lowest selling albums. So if we're talking profits, she wouldn't continue to make music highlighting blackness if it was solely for profit. Tina Lawson agreed with the tweet and shared her own response, which she later deleted. She writes at Alpha Twitter handle, You could not have said it better. It's really sad that the women who shout the loudest protect the black woman, that they are the ones that are trying to tear her down. Sisters wake up. Beyonce was taught from a little girl to lift other women up, not to tear them down. She minds her own business, does not criticize anyone, gives of her time and money, and dedicates her art to boldly show the royalty and beauty of our heritage and journey. Her work is to change the narrative, to show that we did not start off as slaves, but that we were kings and queens before we were forced into slavery. Don't you want to see something that shows that? Aren't you sick and tired of seeing us as slaves? She employs African and African-American people, fights for many first in the fashion and film world. Take an inventory of yourself and your hate. Where is it coming from? I ask you to examine your heart and really take a look at what your motive is and what it's fueled by. Then take that energy critiquing and tearing down and put it into an action that is fighting against the systematic racism that is going on right now and has been going on forever. The time that you take to tear her down, you could be using that time to do that. Critique and tear down the systems that hurt and suppress us. Use your social media platform to work on getting people out to vote, to change the laws, critique the frigging laws. Stop being a social media terrorist to the wrong people. Redirect that passion for change in that. Use your energy and great intelligence to fight people who choose to be oppressors. Beyonce is not your enemy, but you would swear that she was. I love what this post said, which is the honest to God truth. She sold more records before lemonade. I have one question for you, too, that I'm confused about. How do you appropriate the black culture when you are black? She has a right to her heritage as well as anyone in this world. I love you. And brothers, thank you for your balance and speaking up. Okay. So that was a long-winded way of saying leave my damn daughter alone. She black. How she going to appropriate black culture? Sit your dumb ass down somewhere. And I agree. I agree. I wish y'all would leave Beyoncé alone. Like <laughs> I think she is doing the best she can to be a light in this world and to teach other black girls to be proud of who they are and our heritage and be educated in that. Okay, be spiritually, mentally, aesthetically African and unapologetic about it. There's nothing wrong with that. And African people, you're going to have to excuse us, okay? Because they've taught us that Africa is a country instead of a continent. They didn't speak to us about the 50 plus countries with different cultures with different languages with different traditions that look different like they didn't teach us any of that they taught us Africa all at once all together everybody's in the dirt and in the sand and naked okay that is not the truth and it is time for us to teach ourselves that so I'm going to suggest that you guys check out Home Team on YouTube to educate yourselves about the history of Africa and the kings and queens of once we came. Okay, y'all, let's talk about Omari Hardwick. Y'all, Amari Hardwick tires me out. He just recently wrote a whole paragraph. And since I've been reading too many paragraphs for this episode, we're going to cut it short He decided to express himself after a woman, a black woman, I'm sure, commented about him marrying a white woman. Because y'all know they always talking about him and his, you know, his white woman. They be so upset about him and his little white wife, okay? All right, y'all. So let me read y'all what they say about Omari Hardwick. Okay. So after Omari Hardwick defended his wife, Jay Hardwick, on Instagram after a user questioned his choice of having a white wife. The argument started after he posted a picture of Erica James, who recently became the first black female dean at the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. The power actor congratulated the new dean and wrote, having done one in a while, this one is worthy in a space of time where other races are finally demanding that our country value us. The million dollar question is, do we value us? The question, though rhetorical, can be answered. I had a brother comment on a post of mine yesterday with a very lost question. Can you just be normal, left me blown? That question was of zero rhetoric and I can answer with a resounding, hell no, and no one around me can be or think normal. Thank you, Erica James, for not being or not thinking normal. Pour into this role and leave your mark on Wharton forever okay so his salute was quickly interrupted when a user commented the following you asking do we value us meanwhile you choose a white woman shaking my head i can never take you type of guy seriously amari hardwick was upset so he wrote this long ass message i am not asking anything as i stated it is a rhetorical question We are all in the process of whether that process is on the questioning side or the asking side. And that's when shit starts to not make sense. So I don't care. But he says this entire post, of course, consistent with me, proves how much I value black people, black women, black men, myself, a person's life journey mate, which, if done right, has God in that choice equally, has nothing to do with the person's value of themselves and the people that person's culture race. He continued, I value us and me so much. I can be with whomever the fuck I was called to be with. That is not a race thing. It's a soul thing. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and here's my thing with Amari Hartwig. Why do you continue to respond to things like this if it doesn't have some truth in, in it? I'm just saying. Like a lot of black men, they're love or infatuation or choice to marry white women its tied to them feeling like white women are a prize or a sign that they have made it in some way and also to some black men they feel that when they were down and out and not rich and famous maybe the black girls they were checking for weren't checking for them but the white girl was. You know, so a lot of them have these ideals and therefore have this kind of underlying, maybe not so underlying aggression towards black women. And that is a real question. Can you really be pro black and not marry a black woman, especially when it seems that black men seem to have this negative feeling towards black women a lot of the times when they choose to be with, date, marry white women. It's, oh, black women are too difficult. Oh, black women are too this. Oh, I don't want no black woman, da-da-da-da-da. Your mom's black, your sisters are black, you're black. So the fact that he comments in this way, it does beg to question whether you are a hit dog that is hollering, (laughs) I'm just saying. You know, like you are constantly uh being bombarded with questions and comments about your choice of wife whether it be her looks or her being white so why do you continue to respond you know what I mean like especially to someone who did not read the portion of the question where it said it was rhetorical why even respond because it does come from a place of you know you care too much about what folks are doing online but there is also a question Of black men specifically black actors who garnish their fame based off of black women dollars okay and then turn around and choose not to love have children procreate be with black women it does leave us feeling some type of way we've experienced this a few times okay where we you know support black men and then they end up marrying some white woman or Asian woman or anybody but a black woman basically okay and it is hurtful for us because I feel like black women have not been checking for other ethnicities of men the way black men have been checking for other ethnicities of women, you know? And I feel like whether you are a woman or a man who chooses to date outside of your ethnicity, I feel like it is important that that not come from a place of self hate when you choose to do so. And if Amari Hardwick is not coming from a place of hate with his wife and his choice to be with her then that is fantastic that is great and if it's not who cares like I don't know Amari Hardwick. I don't give a fuck about who he's with but I will say we are tired of the visual we are tired of it seeming as if if you are you know a successful black man you are not as successful if you have a black woman on your arm that's why we love people like uh, LeBron James you know what I'm saying ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? People like that child. That's also the reason why I think Will remains in this marriage with Jada, because it has a stronghold with the black community. Um, I feel like Will, you know, has been a proud black man, but I also feel like his celebrity allows for him to go in and out of that. And I feel like there have been times where we as the community have felt like, oh, he, he you know, he's beyond us now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, and that's fine. You know, that's what you got to do to make it sometimes. And that's unfortunate. But that's the world we live in, you know. But I feel like Jada has always been like this foothold to the the community that will chose a black woman. Now, I wonder if the woman in the UK that he's dating is a black girl. You know, what I'm saying word on the curve. Okay, so I feel like if he were to go and be a single man and was out here dating, you know, white women, Latino women, whatever, and not being with another black woman, his stock in a black community, as far as black women are concerned, could possibly fall. And nobody ever wants that because at the end of the day, those dollars are the ones you can always fall back on. Okay, I.E. Wesley Snipes do one movie where he had to learn karate and a nigga don't know how to act no more. He's not black. He's Asian. I cannot. All right, y'all, and D.L. Hughley. Y'all, D.L. Hughley has had me dying laughing on Instagram, okay? He found out that he has coronavirus, and since then, he has given it to a lot of people. The only person in his family that he didn't give it to was his daughter, who wore a mask the entire time she was around him. But he passed out on stage. Like, you're out here doing shows and shit, because your state don't care about you. (laughs) And, you know, you're giving... Coronavirus to your family members and your crew and people that work for you. And now you got to sit your ass at home, you know, barely breathing with your hat on, making folks laugh on Instagram. I mean, look, I'm glad he had to sit at home because I've been enjoying his Instagram. But at the same time, you know, you run your mouth about responsibility. You run your mouth about the president. And yet you were doing some of the same things. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about rallies, but you out here having comedy shows. And I look at you, you're sick. I mean, I can't be mad at folks. <laughs> Not really. But um, you know, I just was like, That's crazy that he really gave it to his whole family, okay? with the exception of his daughter and he seems to be doing okay his son seems to be doing okay i hope everybody continues to be okay including his wife who i'm sure is so damn tired of him at this point like if you ain't gave me an std you didn't gave me the coronavirus nigga god damn is there nothing you won't give me lord you know anyway <laughs> i've seen her on black love and y'all sometimes those women on black love be like they up to here with these niggas okay <laughs> oh lord pray for dl y'all okay and lastly, you guys, let's talk about Kaya. Kaya slams Lil Wayne, okay? And y'all, I enjoyed this so much. I shared it on my stories on Instagram, okay? But she went all the way in on Lil Wayne and his three dreads. And I'm just gonna read to y'all a little bit of what the sis Kaya had to say about Lil Louisiana, okay? Just because you sick and on drugs... You a sick drug addict and like to fuck old white crackhead bitches that don't mean white is right. Word on the currents, Lil Wayne needs to get his ass beat and be ashamed of himself after sour pussy infected you. That's Trina. You ain't been the same, nigga. I told y'all that a long time ago, and everybody can get roasted, including you. We the people versus Lil Wayne and them three dreads he got on the top of his head. Wheezy, you are being charged with being a dick in the mouth, cracker loving drug addict that don't know when to shut the fuck up. Let's be real. Lil Krusty has never been for the people. You claim you've never experienced hate and racism, and now you're saying that there's nothing we can do as a people about the wrongful deaths and the killing and murderers of black people that's going on in America. See, that heroin done went through your head, bitch. Kill yourself because, again, you've been out of order. Kaya then seems to throw Lil Wayne's daughter Regenet caught it into the mix and this is when I get upset we the people think that you would think of more to do with resume little stocky ass had a knee on her neck if she okay now look i understand what she's saying but why you always gotta talk about that little girl bad okay she's beautiful and she built better than you bitch but i'm just gonna go ahead and press on we the people say "Mm, maybe you would do a little bit more if it was lean being poured out and heroin and crack cocaine being wasted in the streets instead of our blood Lil wayne maybe you would run out there and fight then to get that lean up off the concrete poor junkie can't see past the heroin and cocaine dust fuck nigga fuck you we the people say you are 99 dreads short of being a man and 99 brain cells short of a friend anybody that's oppressed so again fuck you and your couch in the name of rick james bitch because we sick of you okay Fuck <laughs> <laughs> y'all y'all know i don't like Kylie that much but that was the read if i've ever heard one before i mean a read for for God for read for the devil okay it was a read nonetheless all right y'all I had to share that with y'all just in case you hadn't heard it or you didn't come upon it because I thought she was 100% on the money okay she was on the money with that when I totally agree that Lil Wayne is on drugs and his brain has been clouded and he's had too much of that you know All them thick white women that he liked to get engaged to and never get married to, okay? All of those girls he liked to keep on impregnating but never marrying and all of that, just having his sperm all over the place but ain't got time, energy, or brain cells to take care of the children. Child, look, I'm tired of men like Lil Wayne. I am. He is the perfect example of why, you know, black women sometimes feel a way about men who we buy records for, uh, go to their movies, pay for DVDs that we ain't gonna ever watch again like whatever but we support you financially and you come out and speak against us and add to the white argument that we're overreacting or asking for too much or putting the blame on us and saying that we should have done more but you don't want to do anything like I was just like somebody take the mic and the the, the cocaine out of his hand take the lean and the microphone away from Lil Wayne because I really don't want to hear anything else he has to say until he's sober enough to be coherent in what he's saying. Because you sound stupid. And anybody that's listened to his music in previous years would know that at one point he did not think that way. Go listen to Georgia Bush. Okay? Go listen to, to, to what, what was that? Um, shit, I forgot what, what mixtape that was. We had 50 11 mixtapes around that time. <laughs> okay but either way you can just look up that song and you'll find it he had a lot to say in that song when george bush was president okay and child george bush looks looks like a Rhodes scholar compared to trump right now okay like we'll take him all over again if we had to i mean because this this is just not what the fuck any of us should want and people that's continuing to vote for him i'm sorry you have a mental disorder and something is wrong with you, and you need to be in somebody's hospital. You don't need to have the capability of voting for yourself when you vote against your own self-interest. But yes, Kaya, we the people do appreciate your read of Lil Wayne and the three dreads that he has left on his head. All right, y'all, that's all I got to say. I hope y'all enjoyed this. I hope y'all will come back for more of this. Share it with your people, okay? Go ahead and save me to your podcast that you listen to and uh, I'll see y'all in the next.